Welcome to the Short Term Show, the show about short-term rentals and long-term wealth, with real property owners hosting real properties who are crushing it in the vacation and short-term rental space. And here's your host, Avery Carl. This episode of The Short-Term Show is brought to you by The Short-Term Shop. If you're interested in buying a short-term rental in one of the top vacation markets in America, just go to theshorttermshop.com and click Get Connected with an Agent. If you purchase a home with the shop, you'll have access to all of our client-only benefits, such as training on how to manage your short-term rental. So we'll teach you everything you need to know from how to set up your Airbnb and Verbo listings to how to use the property management software that you'll need to streamline your business, all the way down to helping you source your local boots on the ground like cleaners, handy people, etc. We've taught thousands of people just like you how to buy and manage their vacation homes from anywhere in the world. So head on over to the shorttermshop.com and click get connected with an agent to get started. I do have to mention that we're brokered by eXp or else I get in trouble. We'll see you guys over there. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Short Term Show. I know a lot of you have questions about design. I see lots of Facebook posts about what do I do about decor, things like that. So I have a really awesome guest today who is going to teach us some things about that. Her name is Paige Hayes. She's doing a lot of things that a lot of you want to do that I want to do. Hell, I want to do it too. Uh, living in a motorhome, riding around the country with her family, parking at whatever cool place they want to be at that month. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong about that, but uh, Paige, oh, you got how's it, it going? <laughs> Hi, it's good. Uh, thank you for having me. Awesome. Well, let's introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got into real estate, how you got into short-term. Give us all the details. Sure. Um, so I'm Paige. Uh, I am from Steamboat Springs, Colorado, and um, I grew up there and my husband did too. And uh, let's see. So I'm a, an interior designer and that's kind of how I got into short-term rentals is uh, we work, I worked for my mom for I've been a designer for like 11 years now and I worked for her starting out and just learned everything um, about it from her. My background is actually in anthropology and archaeology. So like not what I do now, but like it really um, it really plays into a lot of like what I love about short term rentals is just like the stories of people and places and like why they go there. And I don't know, just kind of like the background. I just I'm a huge story person. So <laughs> Um, that's quite a background, archaeology yeah. and anthropology. That is not one we've heard yet. So that's really, I know it's a little bit weird, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, weird. so, so then working with my mom, we did like a lot of really high-end second homes in Steamboat, but then we also did a lot of, uh, ski condos and it was just vacation rentals before. Airbnb kind of was a thing. It was just a vacation rental, but we did a lot of those. And I always was really drawn to them. I really liked them just because the creativity that you have, like in the design and the execution and just kind of the excitement around the guest experience. It was always just really fun for me to do that. Um, and then my mom actually retired last year. So a little while before that, we, my husband and I decided that we were just going to like do our own thing. Like I knew I didn't want to take over my mom's business. Um, and he had a job at the power plant in Hayden, which is where we're from or where we were living that he hated. Um, it was just like soul sucking. And 
we didn't have any time to like be together as a family. And we realized that we were just kind of working for these goals, like having a nice house and the nice cars and, you know, settling down, but that like, we just didn't actually care about that stuff. And so we were working really hard at jobs. We Well, I liked my job. He didn't like his, but anyway, <laughs> um, for things that we didn't care about and we decided to make a change. And so we talked about what we actually did want to do and we love to travel. We've always loved to travel. And so we decided to sell our house and we bought a fifth wheel, an RV, and we just travel in it now. And I do my work remotely. So it's been really awesome. And we have a couple properties at the moment um, that have really just been a great jumping off point for us into this. Awesome. So at what point I have a, a whole lot of questions about a whole lot of things about your life, but I'm going to start with the short-term rentals. So, uh, when did you buy how many, so how many short-term rentals do you have? When did you buy them? What are we looking at there? We have one actually. So we have long-term and short-term, um, and we've kind of, we started with like, just buying a, our first house was like $70,000. It was a double wide that was on a foundation. Um, and so it could, like, we realized it could be classified as real property. It didn't have any running water, but we like, like all the plumbing was messed up underneath. Justin, uh, my husband is a carpenter. So, and just a builder and he knows how to do everything. So he remodeled, we remodeled that whole house. And then we essentially burned it. I guess was like a live-in burr and then we moved. Um, and we've kind of just done that was originally our method, just buy a crappy house, live in it, <laughs> deal with it, fix it up. Um, but then we ended up getting a place in Craig, which is where we are now, Craig, Colorado. That's our short-term rental, our STR. And it's been awesome so far. Okay. So you like have house hacked STRs. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Not a lot of people do that. I see a lot of people try to commit mortgage fraud and just try to use a, uh, like an FHA loan or primary home loan on a house that they never intend to live in, but you actually did it the right way, the legal way and house <laughs> right. <hacked> them. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Sort of a house hack slash burr. I like it. That's really cool. So let's talk about, I want to hear about being from Steamboat Springs. So that is what I would consider, correct me if I'm wrong, a mature vacation rental market. So there were vacation rentals like way before Airbnb, before the internet. Um, is that an area where there's a lot of problems now with regulations and, and things like that and driving up the prices to where the actual workforce can't live there? So I want to hear your experience from that end of things, from being a local before we move on. Right. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's like you said, that's exactly what's going on. And they really just recently started regulating it. And I don't know the exact, um, like the exact regulations or what actually passed, but it has been, it's been a, a huge deal kind of, I mean, it's like every, like every vacation rental market more or less where, like you said, they're just, there were a lot of, apartments, it's always been expensive to live there. It's just, it's an expensive place to live, but now there's not, it's not just that it's expensive. Like there's actually nowhere for people to live. So it's a struggle for sure. Um, but that's the nice thing is there are secondary markets around and that's, we lived in Hayden, which was 30 minutes outside of steamboat. And it was a great spot like to live and it, yeah. So, um, okay. yeah. All right. Awesome. So, and you, you, 
yours is in Craig, which is like kind of yeah. by Hayden right there. Okay. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to get my geography straight right. <laughs> down the valley. <laughs> okay. So you guys essentially are living off of your short-term rental income and then your design work, right? Am I yep. getting that right? Yep, okay. Exactly. And you guys homeschool, right? Yes, we do. Okay. So I am totally fascinated by that. I think that it's totally the right thing to do. I am not personally capable of it. And no, I'm, I'm not either. My husband that. does it. <laughs> so uh, how does that work? You know, in a, an RV with a family of four, right? Or five, yep, four family of four in an RV homeschooling. How does uh, t- like, give me a day in the life. I want to hear all of it. <laughs> oh, it just kind of depends on the day. And that's like, why we homeschool and that's why we um honestly like that's why we're doing what we're doing it's because we want to spend time together and like we my husband and I like we had trouble in a traditional school setting but we both really learn so well like through doing and through experiences and just like learn about the world by seeing it basically and that's kind of what we want to share with our kids too so that's the focus of things we don't necessarily even really have a schedule, like a day in the life, it changes every day, depending on if we're traveling or where we are, like, it could be just like the boys like might hang out and they do, um, they do like school stuff. Like my husband is really good teacher and he just shows them like, uh, well, we have a two-year-old, so he's not learning how to reach up, but our five-year-old is like, he's killing it. He's doing so well. And then we spend a lot of time outside and just exploring wherever we are. And I kind of try to take care of my work and stuff um in the morning or like when they're doing their school stuff and they we hang out in the afternoons and uh Justin also does our property management and stuff so okay we just uh, trade off okay so I mean what if it's like I have so many what if it's raining and you have two boys that are like I'm sure high energy because I've got a two and a four-year-old and they're pretty nuts at times so Oh, uh, if you can't get out and go do things like what what I got for our motorhome is uh, there are these little little tykes individual trampolines that have these little handles and they mm-hmm. will totally fit in the living room and I just set them up next to each other and turn on some like upbeat music and let the kids jump until they pass out <laughs> to burn off. That's some awesome. Energy. Yeah, <laughs> so we have one of those as well. Actually, it, it came <laughs> okay, it came cool. for Christmas this year and. <laughs> Also, so our camper, our RV, it's a 43 foot fifth wheel. So we actually have like, it sounds weird, but we have, it feels like we have a lot of space. So we have like a bunk room and a loft and the master bedroom, and we have a kitchen with an Island and a living area. So there's a like, they run in circles around the kitchen Island a lot and (laughs) um, they make, they rearrange furniture and build stores and, you know, forts. And it just, it's kind of like a regular house, just, just smaller. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. I'm always fascinated with being able to do it full time. Cause we go for a month every year and it's awesome and we love it. And it's, it's so great every year and the kids have a great time and we have a great time. And like, we get to spend so much time together that it's all, always very tempting to just like cut ties and go do that. Yep. But, um, I, I really applaud you guys and admire you guys for actually following through with that. That's really cool. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. We, I mean, we love it and it has challenges for sure. Like I never want anybody to think that it's all sunshine and rainbows. Like I know a lot of times like people post, yeah, everybody just like shares the best side of things, obviously. Oh, yeah. So like anything, there are for sure challenges, but it's challenges. I don't know. Everything has challenges. So 
Yeah. Well, you're having a challenge right now, right? With the water. Yes. The water. Yeah. We have no running water at the moment. I don't know what happened. We like broke a water line or something, but we had like flooding coming out the bottom of the camper the other day and kind of trying to deal with that. Oh my God. And it does seem like there's always something we just took ours to, I got a new Jeep. I like, I drove my old Jeep until it like stunk. Cause the, the, roof was leaking. And like, no matter what I did, I couldn't get rid of all the mildew smell. And I, I've totally like outed myself for being gross, like rust underneath, like it was done. So we got a brand new Jeep that tows behind the motorhome and we had to take it to a motorhome place for them to like do the tow thing correctly. And I got, got it all home as an hour and a half away. Cause you know, we're on the Emerald coast in Florida. So there's not really any big cities that are super close. It was like way on the other side of Panama city from us and got home everything's good. We think we're ready to rock. I'm driving my Jeep to the store. And all of a sudden it starts like shaking, like the <laughs> Jeep is going to like, I couldn't even hold on to the steering wheel and they've like done something to mess up the Jeep. They messed up the motorhome. We got to find, now we got to drive to Pensacola, which is two and a half hours in the opposite direction to undo what this other one did. It's just, it seems like there's nobody who can work on Jeeps, right. Or work on motorhomes. Right. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And again, luckily, like, so luckily Justin, my husband is super handy and like, he just knows how to build things and fix things. Like he has an industrial mechanic, like cert certification. And also he's been building for, I don't, know, I don't even know how long, 25 years. So um, like luckily he knows how to do all that stuff. Uh, because if he didn't, we'd just be screwed. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> we wouldn't be able to do this. There's yes. so much stuff that goes wrong. Yes, it always does. We had, we were at the KOA near, it was in Hill city, South Dakota last year. And the slide went out and it would not come back in. Uh, and there was no, they didn't have good enough internet for as big of a, a park as it was. And so there was no internet and there's no cell service. So we couldn't even call a mobile guy and actually be on the phone while we were looking at what was going on. We had to go four miles down the road and then, and then they couldn't call us to say like, how do I get to this? Like what number campsite? We eventually got it done. Somebody got it done, but it's always something and it's always at the worst possible time. Now that we've made this life sound really, really great to everyone, and I'm sure they want to <laughs> jump in. What advice do you have for people who are like on the edge of, you know what, I think I want to do this. My kids are still little, you know, they're not wanting to be in a lot of activities and team sports and things like what that's got to be a really big decision of, Hey, we're going to do this and we're going to be mobile and we're going to homeschool. That's also a really big decision. And what advice do you have for people who are kind of trying to work through all of that. Cause it's, it's a lot. Yeah. My advice, um, is message me like, honestly, <laughs> like I'm so happy to talk to people about it. Cause it is, it's terrifying. Um, it's just like, it's so scary going from like the security of just knowing like what your day-to-day -day looks like and like knowing that you have a job or anything like that, um, to just taking a complete leap of faith. Uh, I feel like, a lot of people's like try to wait and wait until you feel like you're ready to do it. But honestly, like that time never comes where you actually feel ready, where you feel like you have all your ducks in a row. So like you kind of have to just jump in um, if you're going to do it and <laughs> you figure stuff out like you do, like you find opportunities that you never would have even been able to imagine um, or, you know, plan for. You just find these opportunities. And when you're put in the position, like you really it makes it much easier to succeed um, and just 
do amazing things. So I'm a huge proponent of it. And if you need a push or you need to talk about it, like feel free to message me. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. And you've actually like been really helpful to me on, on Facebook DM sometimes when I'm like, Hey, I think we're going through this way. How do I get to here? Like from point A to point B without wrecking this thing. And (laughs) like, you know, we didn't really even know each other. And you wrote me this really long book about do this, not that this is where you go in this place. (laughs) Y'all, yeah. she's serious if you message her. <laughs> <laughs> for real. Yeah, for real. I'm happy to help. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's a lot. And just leaning on like other people who have done it and when trying to like Google stuff or like just looking at people's Instagram posts, it, it doesn't give you a very real picture and it's hard to like really figure stuff out at all. So talking to yeah. somebody helps. Yeah. The internet is most definitely not real life. No. And it's a little (laughs) terrifying and makes you feel like crap. So yeah. Yeah. It's not real. Well, uh, let's we're off topic. We're on topic because I know a lot of you listeners want to do exactly what Paige is doing through short-term rental investing and you absolutely can. And it doesn't take that many properties to do it. You don't have to run off and try to get a thousand properties. It only takes one or two to be able to do it. Um, I actually looked at a house yesterday that had a, uh, it's, over here near us in kind of a like hippie-ish neighborhood that's like right next door to a, a really cool one called Seaside. And the family had, it was a the big house. It's on a canal, but then there's a little 1200 square foot guest house above the garage. And the family was like, so cute. They said they don't have social media, but if they did, they would be like the envy of the entire short-term rental industry because they rent the big house and it's awesome. It's walking distance to like the best places that you want to be on 30A. And they had this cute, like adorable life in the 1200 square foot uh, above garage apartment. Like all of their clothes were white and khaki and like muted colors. They were total like Instagram family, but they don't have Instagram. And they just, they live, they sold their house in California took the equity, bought this house here. They live off the income from the big house and they have their really cute little life in the, um, in the guest house. And there's so many people. I I looked at my husband and I was like, man, everybody wants to be doing exactly what they're doing, except these people don't feel the need to have to post it on the internet. (laughs) And uh, I can't even explain how cute this family was, but um, yeah, a, the internet's not real life. B it doesn't take much uh, in, in the way of short-term rentals to be able to do this kind of thing. And I want people to understand, Hey, you can do this. You can do these crazy things, whether it's I want to get in the motorhome and and live on the road, which I think about doing that all the time, except for my kids' math skills would outskill me at like second grade. So I don't think I could teach them any further than that. Um, But anyway, super cool what you guys are doing. And and we'll swing it back around to uh, uh, Airbnb and short-term rental design now. So you worked for your mom and her design business for a long time. So what let's, Talk to me about when she closed her business until now, what's been that transition and what you're doing. Hey guys, hope you are enjoying this week's episode of the short-term show. We are loving it. We are loving interviewing all these guests for you guys, and we hope you're getting a lot of value out of it. And we just, we really love you guys. We love you so much that we have created a community just for you. We have a Facebook group specifically for short-term rental investors, and there are tons of great 
posts every day, sharing best practices, learning new things from other short-term rental investors. And we would love to see you over there. The name of the group is the same name as my book, Short-Term Rental, Long-Term Wealth. Head over and join the conversation. We look forward to seeing you over there. Thanks, guys. Hopefully you guys are finding all of these short-term show episodes to be really helpful. We certainly hope that you are, but maybe you have more questions and you just want to be able to ask an expert a certain question here and there. Well, we have at the short-term shop open office hours on Zoom every Thursday and you can sign up for free. So if you head over to strquestions.com, you can sign up to hop on and we will answer any questions that you have on short-term rental investing. Again, it's every Thursday and you can sign up at strquestions.com. Yeah. So I, um, again, like we decided we want to do this lifestyle of traveling full-time. So then we like had we started with the outcome and that's like, this is the outcome we wanted. Right. So I had to like figure, we had to figure out like, how do we achieve this? Like, how do we, um, and having, having like the rental income and everything, it absolutely helps, but there's still, um, it doesn't, what we have right now, like we don't, we, we don't aggressively scale. Like I, I don't mind working. Like I love doing design and stuff. So like, I'm happy with this, but we had to like decide like what that looks like and like how am I gonna do design remotely? Cause this is a couple of years ago, like really before virtual design was like a thing at all. So um <laughs> so now I actually have a really solid process in place that I've kind of like through trial and error <laughs> and mistakes really worked through. But it it's pretty, it's super reliable. Um and it's it's great. Like I can do it remotely. My clients can be remote too. Um, it comes down to like making sure that you obviously have like boots on the ground, um, which everybody who's a remote host absolutely needs. Right. Um, yeah, but it's, it's totally, it's totally doable. And I also, that's another thing that I love talking with people about is just kind of like how to do it yourself too. Cause a lot of people, like you said, like so many people have questions about the design and like design is just something that can really, really elevate your property. It can put you like up high on that, like 95th plus percentile of air DNA. Um, but it's like, how, like, how do you do it? Um, designers can be really expensive. So. Yeah, they can be. <laughs> so do you have to travel much? Like, are you flying in and out of where, wherever you guys are parked or are you able to do the whole thing remote pretty much? I do the whole thing remotely. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> I provide, like, I do all of the sourcing, like we figure out the story. Like I, it's important to me that it's not just like my vision for the property. Uh, it's really important that, you know, I work with my clients to figure out what their vision is, but then also to figure out the story, which is, you know, the anthropology, <laughs> the anthropologist in me. Um, but it's essentially like your property's brand and the background and your target guest and why they're going to be coming um, to the location, first of all, like why they would stay with you when they do come and kind of how you can tailor your design to your target guest. So it's like the client's vision. And then more importantly, like figuring out the target guest and their vision. And then you create like the story for your property. So, um, just like creating an experience and kind of, um, just something that's going to draw them in. And then, okay. Yeah. From there, I do the layouts and the sourcing and the design boards and then um, send it to the clients, place the orders and they do the install um, or they facilitate it. So, 
Okay. So you're starting with the end user in mind and designing around that. So exactly. Where are your clients all over or are they typically in like a certain area like Colorado or are you just like nationwide right now? Nationwide. <laughs> nationwide. What, are there any areas that you think it's more difficult to figure out that guest avatar than others or? Um, no, I think that sometimes there's like a built-in story with the property. You know, if it's whatever, if you're in a vacation market, like, you know, if people are coming there to ski, like you can build that into your storyteller to that. But I think sometimes you do have to dig deeper, but it's always there. So like a house in a suburb, you just have to look at who is going to be coming to stay with you, like how long they're going to be staying with you um, and kind of what is going to be important to them for this day that you can really go hard on in your design to appeal to those people specifically. So it's like, we're not, we're not designing. Um, it's not like just like real estate, like we're not just designing to be appealing to everybody and we're not designing um, to like be neutral or anything like that. We just, we're designing like specifically for the target guest and like your amenities and your upgrades, like it all gets built on top of that like story component. Yeah. So like house in the suburbs, you're probably not doing like the green wall with the neon, like for the Instagram picture, because those people are probably not doing that. Whereas like, if you're doing downtown Nashville, you're going nuts with all, all the Instagram, Instagrammable stuff. Right. Um, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. That, yeah, exactly. Um, and I think it like, it comes down to like, like the house in the suburbs, for example, like it's kind of, you have to make up the story in a way for places like that. So you have to say like, are people, do they want just like a luxury experience? Like what could make this different from what's, what's already around and looking at your comps is another, like really, it's kind of like your, and it, the enemy method, is that what you call yes. it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like, um, it's, it's doing that and just really looking at what your comps have, making sure that what you have is the same, but better. Um, and really nailing down what's going to make you different and stand out to the people who are looking, who you want to come and stay with you. Okay. Do you have a favorite project that you've done so far? Yeah, I do. <laughs> um, I mean, I have a lot, I've done a lot of projects, uh, over the years, but this past year I have like a very favorite and it was in the Catskills. Um, okay. and it's a little house on the Delaware river. It's three bedrooms, two bathrooms. And, um, my clients were, they are a couple from New York city. They live in Brooklyn and one is a Broadway actor and the other is a talent agent. I know. And they're just like the nicest. I think that like partly why I love it so much is just cause I love them. Like, and they're just like the kindest, most amazing people I've ever met. But um, yeah, we just did so much fun stuff in this house. We did a, a parlor, like a sitting area. It's called the parlor, uh, but it's kind of like vintage, but also retro. And there's like a um, like a record area and like a bar cart area, like a reading nook and a screening, like a uh, TV area. And it's just all dark green. And then, um, it, they have an area, like the living room looks out over the river and just has a ton of natural oh. light and wood. And we just use so many fun colors in the house. I don't know. I just love it. I loved the whole process of it. And it's probably aligns most with my own design style. So I think that's why I loved it so much. <laughs> Well, I want to see a link. You have to yes, send it I will. I will. Is there any 
market or type of property that you find to be most difficult? You know, um, I think I've really, I've worked really hard on this, on this design process. And so I think following the process and just like asking and answering like these series of questions, it makes it so that, so that no, like there isn't, isn't particularly one that's more difficult than another. It's just getting the questions answered to start with. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Um, is there anything else that you want to hit on design wise? So I am not a design mind, so I might not be asking all the right questions. So is there anything else you want to hit on before we move on to our final three questions? Um, I think like one of the big things that people talk a lot about right now is saturation and oversaturation. And it's like, you know, like change the record already. Right. But, um, design is something that I feel like can really help with that. And people, I think know right now that you need to stand out and you need to set your property apart. But again, it's like how, so I think just, I really want kind of everybody to realize that you don't, that the way to do it isn't by looking at like other places and seeing like what's been successful for them. And then just doing that exact thing. Cause that's not going to make you stand out. It's really like going through the process and trying to understand kind of, um, what makes your property unique and like what can actually make it different instead of like the same as somebody else's successful. Okay. Yeah. Run your own race. That makes sense. Um, and don't just like copy other properties because yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So, all right. So we are to the final three questions of the show. We ask these to everyone. First one is what advice would you give 20 year old Paige? Uh, get your shit together. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> honestly, no, I don't know. It's uh, that's hard. Nobody cause... said that one yet. I mean, I feel like that would be an obvious one, but no one has said. I was, yeah. I was a train wreck when I was 20. So well, I honestly don't think. I don't think I would have listened to anybody or especially myself in the future, but no, uh, seriously though, I think I probably would say like, don't, don't let your definition of success be determined by other people's definitions of success. I think I struggled with that for a long time. Like I said, just feeling like there's a certain way you have to do things in life, um, to be successful. And then once I finally let go of that, like, and realize that success is different for everybody. Um, then it was, it was honestly, it was the most freeing thing that I've ever experienced. And it was, it was life-changing. So I think that I probably actually would have been maybe less of a train wreck if I had <laughs> like kind of internalized that earlier. That's really good advice. And, um, second question, what advice would you give a new short-term rental investor who's looking to get started today? Um, I think, but I think that probably don't forget why you are doing this. Um, and like what your initial goals were that led you to investing. Um, I think a lot of people get caught up in hustling and like scaling for the sake of scaling and kind of let, let that get in the way of their goals instead of like using that to achieve their goals. So like if you want to travel or if you want to spend time with your family, um, if those are the things that are important to you, like keep, 
keep that in the forefront of your mind on a daily basis so that you're not just like pushing it out for, for a further date when you could be doing it now. And also like definitely take into account, like when is enough going to be enough so that I don't know, so that you get to live a happy life and you're not always just like searching for more for the sake of more. Yeah, I agree with that. It drives me totally nuts. I, I see so many people and like, yes, I have a bunch of doors. And so it sounds a certain way when I say this, but I see so many people who just like starting all these funds and everybody invests with me and I'm going to have these thousand partners. And I'm like, dude, what are you going to do in five years when you have all these partners and you want your life back? That sounds hideous. Like, why don't you just save up some more money and buy another house for yourself and another house for yourself? And eventually you'll get to the point where you can go buy that 50 unit apartment building or, or that boutique hotel or whatever the hell everybody's doing now. Like you don't have to, it's like people get so excited and they want to look at all, look at all this shit I'm doing and everybody invests with me. And it's like, what's the end goal of this? That's great. If you're doing this so you can make a certain amount of money so that you can go buy something for yourself, but it does seem like they're just doing it just to do it. And then what are you going to do when you have to untangle yourself from all this later? Cause you're not, you're not going to be investing with these people for the rest of your life. In my opinion, probably not. Right. Right. Holding it for a certain amount of time. Um, So to me, it's just, a lot of people just get really caught up in like, look what I'm doing, look what I'm doing, look what I'm doing. And they're not really looking at what do I need? Exactly. exactly. Why am I doing this? And it's just, I mean, it's easy to get caught up in and it's easy to like, to get caught up in scaling and make it, and it starts to feel like that is your goal. Honestly, I feel like, you know, like, like just expanding and growing your empire or whatever, like it starts to feel like that's your goal. But like, honestly, like usually what people what people start off with is much different and it's much more like organic and like will lead to more happiness. I feel like to keep those things in mind. Yeah, I totally agree with that. All right. So last question, what is your favorite book that's impacted your mindset? Um, I, this is good. Again, this is going to be a weird answer probably, but I have to say like, I don't listen to a ton of like business or self-help books when I have personal time. And like the books that impact me most, again, are stories about like people overcoming things, um, like just like insurmountable odds. And that really makes me realize then that like, I can do these things too. I can do whatever I want. So the book I would say that probably has had the biggest impact on me is Endurance um, by Alfred Lansing, which is the story of... (laughs) It's the story of the Shackleton expedition to Antarctica, like in the early 1900s and their ship got stuck in the ice and then eventually sank. And these guys lived on icebergs and like ate penguins for over a year and like floated back to civilization basically. But they, it was just wild. Like, it's just, it's amazing to me, like what people can make it through and like what they can overcome. Um, and so it's all that the, those are the kind of stories that are most inspiring to me, but it's, it's really interesting. Uh, and just, it's crazy what, what people can do. Sorry. That's a very weird answer. (laughs) I have never heard anyone recommend that book before. I've never even heard of that story, but that sounds really, really good. And I'm definitely going to go pick that up. (laughs) That was super strange. Sorry, but yeah, (laughs) impact me more than, more than others. So awesome. All right. So Paige, if our listeners want to learn more about your design services, want to follow you on social media, where can they do that? Um, I 
my business is Hayes and Company Interiors. So I'm on Instagram at Hayes and Company. And um, my website is also hayesandco.com. And I have uh, courses that teach people to do design themselves. Like if you don't have the budget, hire a designer, like it just walks through everything like step-by-step. And so that's strdesignforhosts.com. And like I said, you can always send me a message on any, any platform that you prefer, just find me, send me a message and I'm happy to talk anytime. So. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much again for coming on and we will catch you later. We'll have to do this again sometime. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. This is awesome.